Well, hello, my friends. Uh, thank you so much for being patient. As you know, I have not put out an episode in a little over a week and a half. I have been quite busy with the little one, but I plan uh, to do a lot more episodes. I got a lot of great guests lined up, uh, but I wanted to hop on here because I was a guest on someone else's podcast. My buddy Dylan Schmidt, great podcast. Uh, you can follow him in the description below. Uh, he's on Instagram at uh, Digital Podcaster. But what's great about uh, Dylan is he also is a new father, and he's a business owner like myself. So we talk a lot about um, kind of that struggle in the battle, uh, especially in the you know first couple months here. Uh, so it was just a, a really cool exchange of ideas and thoughts, and uh, I think you're going to get some value out of it, whether you're a parent or not. But I wanted to share uh, this not only so you can hear the episode, but I wanted to shout out Dylan because you need to go follow his podcast as well. Talks a lot about content, uh, the digital age, and if you're into like innovation and kind of that perspective about being a creator or hearing from creators, he's got a great podcast as well. So give that a listen. Um, I'll link everything in the description below. Also, side note, as a new father, because we talk a, a lot about that on on this particular episode, uh, I did leave um, a list, an idea list that I created with the wife, and it's everything we bought from maternity, like leading up to it, leading up to having a baby, and then, of course, having a baby, the postpartum stuff, um, all the things that have kind of helped get us through everything. I created a list on Amazon, so you can check that out in the description below. And I think that'll help you, you know, if you are a new parent, because I know we forgot to buy a lot of things until like the baby was here. So I created this list to just kind of to help you out just like it helped me. So hopefully you get some value out of that. That is below. You could check that out. Um, but without further ado, I wanted to get into this uh, episode. Again, I'm sharing this from uh, Dylan's podcast. So make sure you check him out uh, on his show. But Dylan, if you're listening, thanks for having me on the show. Let's do it again. I hope you enjoy. It's just funny. It's funny you know, the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how. Come here, come here though. Yeah, he's crazy, Dick. Eh? Who are you? We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Are you ready? Let's hop right in. Tony, welcome cool, to Digital Podcaster. What's up, man? Thanks for having me, Dylan. Dude, I got questions galore for you. Uh, but oh. first, congratulations to you and your wife. Thank you. Thank you. You're, How, talking the, you're talking about the kid, right? The oh, daughter? yeah. No, yeah, yeah I'm totally talking about the kid. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, thanks. Yes. Thanks, um, yes. Sorry. As a, as, a, um, as, a, as a new dad, too, I'm like, it's spaced out a little bit. Um, but you yeah. seem right on your game. Uh, how are you doing? And how's your wife doing? And you're a busy man. So, like, how's it, how's it going? How's, how's the transition transitioning? Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's... It's, um, as you know, um, uh, I mean the first, so she's a month old tomorrow, actually. Um, the first couple weeks is dude. Um, it was tough. I mean, it's still pretty tough, but it's, it was tough to figure out the transitional phase of like, is she crying because she's upset and like, she's seeing all these new things and she's not stuck in the womb or is it crying because, you know, she needs to change a diaper or she has hiccups or she's gassy. Like there's just so many things or is she sleepy? That's the worst. Cause you know, there it's the only thing that I can remember that cries when it's tired. Right. Cause like yeah. 
us as adults, when we're tired, we just go to sleep. Yeah. So she, I just so cry internally. <laughs> exactly. Which is, yeah. which is what I'm doing now as a new father. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it, that was tough. That was tough. And, you know, we're trying to get on the schedule. Thankfully, you know, I work for myself with uh, the couple of businesses that I have. So I'm able to, I was able to take some time off. So I took off the first three weeks. I did some little things here and there, some consulting and stuff, but nothing crazy. And then my wife is on uh, maternity leave. So that's great. So it was, it was cool to figure out the schedule and, um, now we're in shifts. We were in separate rooms doing shifts this week. We started doing in the bedroom still shifts, which is kind of a challenge because we're also like in this weird phase of she'll, my wife will take the first shift, but then every time my daughter, Camila, every time she gets changed, she freaks out like bloody murder. And then of course you change her and she's fine. So like me, I'm trying to sleep in the bed and my wife is changing her. And it's like that 30 seconds of like, you know, is my wife twisting my daughter's arm? Like, that's what it sounds like. She screams so loud. And then I wake up real quick and then I try to go back to sleep. And I'm, I'm such a, like a whack when it comes to sleep that I sleep really good right away. But then if I get up during the, you know, if it's 3am and I just spring up immediately, I'm like, I just need to work now. Like I can't reset for some reason. So that to me is the challenge, but my wife, she's sleeping like a baby. She's, she's great. So Dude, um, and that's probably yeah. like, probably most important i guess right you know like i know they say the cliche happy wife happy life but like the reality is especially after something like as physically traumatizing as giving birth you know it's like to be able to sleep it's like hell yeah oh Um, for sure yeah i was doing everything i could to to try to make sure she gets enough sleep because you know also too the last thing you want is you don't want the wife or your partner uh especially a woman who's had to deal with labor you don't want her to deal with being upset because then that goes on the the kid, but it also goes on the spouse too. So it's like, then you got like two upset people and the yeah. house, you got the baby screaming and you got the wife screaming. It's like, you got to make one of those happy. So yeah. Two verse one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm the same as you with the uh, sleep too. If it's like I'm up at 3am, I'm like, let alone if I happen to look at my phone and start seeing like, Oh, there's, stuff going on there's news or there's something interesting you know you start going down a rabbit hole next thing you know it's like well it's you know whatever o'clock um yeah might as well get going going. and uh and isn't it interesting too like you know we're so used to as adults or at such you know a young age we just use our voice to communicate and now you have this thing that can't communicate other than like a couple different patterns you know you can pick up on a couple of them but still picking up on them is so hard. And there's such a learning curve of like, what does this mean? You know, like my daughter is eight months old now and still it's like, um, my wife's better at recognizing the, the The certain type of sounds better than I am uh, at the moment. But I can, you know, but like you just go through like, and it's funny because there's really not that many things like, you know, like you said, like wants to eat, wants the, uh, the diaper changed, needs to sleep uh, is awake, but like they sleep so much too, you know? Right. Yeah. It's not like they're crying about like, you know, they got to pay their taxes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're just not, yeah, they don't really care about anything <laughs> except those three things, which yeah. I mean, what a, what a great life. <laughs> they must Yeah. Lead. Yeah. And it's like, so awesome to be able to care for and give those things. But at the same time, it's like, um, it's like, Oh, you want to sleep again? Or, Oh wait, I just changed your diaper. We're going to change your diaper again. And uh, so small, so fragile. Dude, literally just before I came up here, <clears throat> I grabbed uh, some coffee for me and the wife because I have to have five cups a day now. And 
Um, I, I, my wife is pumping. Thank goodness she's able to, um, to nurse. So she's pumping. She's doing her thing. So I grabbed Camila and I changed her. She had a poopy diaper, changed her and then set her down, you know, burped her a little bit, kind of getting her ready to, to feed. And the next thing you know, she starts screaming like crazy. And normally I could bring her outside and she can calm down. She loves outside. So I'll bring her outside for a bit and she'll just kind of like fall asleep a little bit. And I'm like, no, no way she's still crazy right now. Let me check her, even though I just changed her. Sure as shit, now she peed. And she's in this habit now, this week in particular, where we'll change her diaper. She'll have a dirty diaper or a wet diaper. And one of the two will change her literally two minutes later. It's like she waits for a clean diaper and then makes another mess. And I'm like, is she testing us? Is this, <laughs> she's like doing it on purpose. But you know, it's. <laughs> It's so, it's so funny because I think it's just the comfortability of like, you know, once you get in that clean diaper, like I'm imagining myself in a diaper. I don't remember what it was like, yeah. but I imagine like a dirty diaper doesn't feel good. Yeah. It can't, so. it can't feel good. Yeah. And yeah. And then sometimes like them not even recognizing that it is dirty too. Sometimes it's like you checking like, what, you yeah. know, whoa, there's a That's whole lot alarm. of stuff go, going on in there. Um, like, yeah. where did that come from? Cause you were just chilling. Um. <laughs> it's so weird and it's, it happens so so like instantaneously too like it's the second it comes out because it's also you know it's it's probably just a strange feeling i would imagine like yeah you know if, for us it's just so normal to to do those <laughs> exits yeah. of liquids and 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 yeah. matter but yeah for them it's just something new and are you are you finding like now that you're eight months in uh have things gotten easier i mean progressively easier or is it about the same or Definitely, it's definitely changed, and um, yeah, it's definitely changed. I wouldn't say it's easier. easier. (laughs) No, definitely not easier. Because like the less sleep, um, Mm. like I didn't realize how much importance was around. You know, I thought like, oh, parents don't sleep, but really, so much of the importance around like the baby sleeping, Um, and so you know, the less sleep and how much babies sleep, how much yeah, how much they sleep when they're like firstborn um and then so needing like less sleep while our daughter is like absolutely an amazing sleeper still like that's decreasing throughout the day so Mm -hmm. just managing that but for me it's not so much like managing um it's not like it's it's like change in the sense it's like uh because she can start to do just a little bit more and a little bit more the desire to like like to me it's like more the emotional and like um, things around like, Oh, I want to like enjoy absolutely every second, but Mm. there's only so much you can enjoy, you know? And then at the same time, it's like the dual feelings of like, okay, I'm absolutely exhausted from paying attention to this, uh, and holding her up because she can't quite, you know, do stuff on her own. Mm. Um, and I'm exhausted, like holding her up and just like giving the attention, like the amount of presence, uh, continually for sustained period of time uh mixed with like when she's asleep it's like oh let's look at pictures of her and like let's we miss her so much but also being like all right but go to bed you know right exactly (laughs) those two things are funny um do you find your wife similar like oh we gotta look at pictures of her like oh for sure because you know i'm a nut when it comes to content so like i'm you know my phone's loaded and then the second i feel like it's too much then i transfer it to my dropbox and then I delete everything on my phone. So that way I never run out of storage. So I'm like a whack when it comes to this. So my wife is always like, let me see your phone. Cause I always capture a bunch of stuff. And even if you look at her story, 
<laughs> she's the worst because her stories, if it's, let's say there's 10 little dots, they're all me. Like she just reshares my story because yeah. she doesn't post her own stuff. So we, we do find ourselves doing that. But then, like you said, we catch, you know, we catch ourselves real quick saying, well, should we be sleeping? You know, it's also just one of those hard things where it's 2 p.m. And you're like, you know, I don't want to sleep right now because sometimes you get caught in that thing where you nap for an hour and then you wake up and you're even way more exhausted. So sometimes for us, it's it's good to just power through the day and then, uh, you know, pass out at like 9, 930. And then yeah. uh, and then our, you know, our shift, my my shift starts at 3 a.m. And then I wake up and, and take the rest of the day and my wife sleeps till 9 a.m. Um, yeah. but it is, it is funny, like, as you're talking through it about being exhausted and I, I realized there was a difference between like not getting sleep. Cause we've talked about this to where if we get up, it'll just work. And mm -hmm. I don't feel tired then at 3am. Like I'm ready to go mm -hmm. usually Yeah. with, with this newborn, I'm realizing that when I wake up at 3am and like in the back of my skull, I hear like an echo of her crying, you know, like that. Oh, screeches yeah. embedded in my brain that sleep deprivation that you feel when you wake up at 3 a.m to deal with that is like a different level it's you're getting the same hours of sleep yeah right it, which isn't a lot let's say you're getting five hours of sleep before a kid yeah. five hours of sleep i could conquer the day i could do five <laughs> podcasts i yeah. could work out i could go for a run getting five hours of sleep with a newborn is like i didn't get any sleep I'm yeah. so pointless. I'm walking around like a zombie. I'm pouring like my coffee into my Yeti cup. And then I'm putting like, you know, Gatorade in the Yeti cup after that. Like I'm just so fucked up all day. Yeah. It's just, it's a different level. It's so fascinating how, yeah. how your, your brain reacts to that type of stuff. Yeah. And like, I like to think of it like, especially for the first one, you know, like they say right. like, oh, after the first one, it gets easier, whatever. Um, but the first one, especially it's like, you're so, we're so used to, um, doing things a certain way. Uh, and you, re I feel like I've realized how self-reliant, you know, you think, oh, being in a relationship with a, your partner and you're, you know, you've got all these, uh, responsibilities and roles and things like that. And then it turns into the shared responsibility of a baby. So then it's like mm. way different, you know, it's because it's like, sure. uh, you're like, wow, I had a lot of freedom before, you know, it, being in a relationship is not any lack of freedom if compared to being in a relationship with a baby. So um, true. <laughs> and so like, like wanting to have things how they were, but also finding a balance of how they are now, you the know, and yeah. like dealing with, to me, that's like fascinating to deal with that transition of like, obviously we can't go back to how things were, you know, and right. a lot of parents mess things up you know and they like go way too far on the extremes and they see on the news where like they're like oh we left and they had like a, a monitor at home while the baby was sleeping you know i saw some a couple was arrested in like new york or something uh a little bit ago wouldn't they were just like out going to a dinner while their like kids were on a monitor or something insane uh, yeah and so obviously that's like an extreme but you know, it's like they're trying to like find how things were. And it's like things just aren't that way anymore, but yeah. they're still good and great. Right. And finding that balance, you know, do you find yourself kind yeah. of going through a similar thing where like, all right, how does this fit? How do we fit everything together? Oh, dude, for sure. In fact, you know, I, um, I, I even had this conversation with my wife the other day because I did my last podcast was about like, you know, being a father and it was just kind of solo microcast that I did. And, um, 
the one thing I'm realizing that we need to get better at that we realized the first week is that our lives are not going to be, like you said, the same, but we also shouldn't revolve our life around our daughter. She should just be in our lives. And when we kind of realize that, because of course the first couple of weeks are a challenge, but like, you know, we told ourselves, well, we're, we're not going to go out. We're not going to have people over. We're not going to do this. We're not going to, and we're like, hold on. And we had to catch ourselves. We're like, why? We just need to go out. And she's just a part of our life. And I hate to compare this, but a lot of people could relate. It's like having a pet. You know, it, you you don't stop going to coffee shops. You go to coffee shops that allow pets. And that's kind of how we started thinking about things like week two, once like we started, you know, being calm to each other. Because the first week is a challenge. But, <laughs> but then once we figured out. It's, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's like, you take her. No, you take her. Like we're just arguing. I took her already. I'm like, you got more sleep than me. You got 30 minutes more. <laughs> exactly. Like you like have a chart comparing each other's like to-do list. Um, but then once we realize like, you know, this is just such a, like we're, we have such a great, great relationship. We had a great relationship and we still do have a great relationship. But now our relationship is even better because we're adding just something to it. Um, I think a lot of people, unless you're irresponsible, I wouldn't say this to irresponsible folks, but if you're pretty responsible and you can handle mortgage and you can handle saving money and you know doing adult things like paying taxes and stuff, if you can handle that, I think you can handle a kid because a kid is a lot of work. It's a lot of money, but it's just another thing. Um, and I think a lot of times we get caught up in like overanalyzing what a kid is because it is a big deal. I mean, you're raising a human. I'm not downplaying it. I'm just saying that if you're mature enough to handle certain adult things, it's just an adjustment. It's not really like this crazy nuclear bomb that goes off in your life. Like everyone thinks that like you still hang out with friends, but if your friends have kids, you're more likely to hang out with them. It's not yeah. this thing where you don't have friends anymore and you can't have a drink anymore. It's just not the case. Um, you know, yeah. so we, we realized that early on to where we have to have a conscious effort to involve her in our life, not have her revolve around everything. Cause that's, that's where I think people start like marriages in particular, people resent each other because maybe like I couldn't work out cause I'm, I'm big into health. So like if my wife says I can't work out because I have to take care of our daughter, there's going to be a resentment there. So we just figured out a schedule that makes sense for both of us that I can do my thing. She could do her thing. And of course we take care of our daughter. So sometimes I'll bring my daughter in my gym and I'll just have her in the stroller and you know, she'll watch me work out. She probably doesn't have any clue what I'm doing, but <laughs> she's watching me and you know, I, I, I do what I have to do to maintain my sanity in my life. And I think that's the key to, to parenthood. In my yeah. And, and I, I totally get that. And one thing I thought of when, uh, especially earlier on, not so much at like now, just eight months, but I think like the first six months, probably I was like, I get it. I get why father, like just go stereotypes or generalizations for a second, but I get why dad's just like book it and take off. Like, I totally get it. Not that That's I have right. any desire, of course, to do that, that but right. never in a million years, but like, I get it because they're like, it's a lot, you know, and they can't handle it or they're just like i need some relief whatever the reasons are there's a bunch of reasons but i get it yeah, and i can empathize in in a in a way with like why they're just like I, whatever i gotta do to make this easier because i don't even want to have this life you know yeah. Uh, yeah. and and i'm like i mean but at the same time i would never do that because also i'm like 
that's like the weakest way out too, you know, and that's not at all, you know, and I know that you're um, the same way too. Like we're super similar in that way is like, we're not going to fall to like the challenges we will rise to the challenges. And, Hmm. you know, so many men can't, you know, they just like take off and they want a more relaxed situation, you know? Yeah. And the funny thing is, it's like, you can't escape it. What are you going to go do? Start the cycle over with another girlfriend in another state. Yeah. And, and, and as men, we're so, you know, we're just hornballs. So we don't think to ourselves, well, we don't have to deal with that if we just don't have sex or if we use protection, but then the guys out there are like, protection sucks. It doesn't feel that way. And we're always making excuses to like have unprotected sex. And then when that happens, we're like, fuck this. We're, we're I'm out. I'm out. I don't want to deal with this. And it's just so funny how when we're stuck with that, it's, it is kind of eye opening. I could imagine to your point, I could totally see it. I definitely had that thought like the first week. I get it. So I also think that's why it's really important that if you are going to make that decision, going back to like being an irresponsible dad and leaving, if you are going to have sex and you know that there's a, a 1% chance that you might get a woman pregnant. Like if you can't handle your booze, don't drink and have sex. Like, because then you're going to forget to wear a condom and all this. So if you think there's a 1% chance that you might, then you need to understand that that person needs to be the person you're going to be with because you need a solid partner. Cause I, I did realize that where our relationship is tested. It's almost like you ever try to build Ikea furniture with your partner. Yeah, dude, that'll yeah, test well, your, that'll I've never done it with my partner because <sighs> I'm just like, let's just do this alone. Unless I need to like flip something over. Yeah. But I've, um, I'm in the, not that much into pain, like that level of pain, I should say. It's uh, a lot of yeah, pain. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, and the partner yeah. is absolutely everything, right? Like yeah. if you, it's going to test every area. And if there's any weaknesses, it will exploit them in every area. And it is not sure. for... Yeah, the lighthearted. And really, I'm like, it's also made it extremely evident to me. I'm like, I don't understand how, you know, let's just say, again, there's like generalizations, but like 18 years old or something would be so hard to have a kid. Um, Dude, at 25, I was a mess. I couldn't imagine at 25. Like, I'm I'm 30. No, no, I'm I'm 30. yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I'm 38 now. Yeah. Um, I was like, wait, you're 25. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I know like, I look young, but not that I was young. Like, I didn't buddy. think you were 25. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> but dude, like at, at 25, I was a mess. Yeah. You know, like I yeah. uh I was still dating and you know, still having fun and doing all that. So it's just I couldn't imagine like at 25. So let alone 18. No. Yeah. It's yeah. That's oh, yeah. And even like, and it's funny too, because like age is also one of those things too. It's like there's no real you know, you can wait, um, but it's so different for everybody and where they're at in life and whatnot. And, and to then match up two people on, you know, both partners, like to be at the same, it's like, it's just also one of those things is like, it just happens and you figure it out. Um, which people, you know, told us before and I was like, all right, well, let's just, let's just trust them. Um, um, normalizing and destigmatizing a lot of, of just like the mental health parts around it. Um, in this like age of wanting to do things perfect because we have access to more information thinking like, well, because we know better, we should do better. Yeah. But like, how much do we really know when we've got no sleep, we're absolutely exhausted. Our life is turned upside down and, um, we're not our, like, it's not, it's not our normal selves. 
Um, but sure. despite of that, of course, making the right decision, but just those like thoughts and like, just not making those thoughts like wrong or, cause I think one thing too, I just noticed over and over, and I think it's starting to decrease a little bit for me, but I think other dads, first time new dads that I've talked to, I've experienced a lot of the same is uh, guilt and shame around, you know, because I can't do as much as the mother does um, mm-hmm. biologically, all these reasons, you know, and I noticed that, you know, the first six months or probably maybe after a year, like, let's see, but um, a lot of guilt and shame come up around like what can do and how it can help and all these things. And it, yeah, I noticed for me, like pops up in weird ways, like, you know, Oh, I, I want to be doing more. I want to be doing more, you know? Um, oh, but no. it, I think it kind of goes back to that perfection thing. Have you noticed any of that for yourself yet? I say yet, but like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, dude, I, I have, especially, um, you know, as in work from home, I'm realizing that I need to make sure I'm, I'm more conscious of like the amount of time I spend working versus, um, being with my daughter and my wife. And, you know, I think that's important too, is, you know, having that support the first few months, um, and giving that support to your spouse, especially the wife, like we've talked about where they deal with a lot. The, the one thing the guy can do, and I had this conversation with my buddy who was also a father, a new father. And we're like, do you ever feel bad? Like we couldn't, like we couldn't give birth and, you know, are we doing enough for the wife? And I think the answer is no, you're not because what we supply is similar to what they supply in terms of not the physical act of labor, but, and I've talked about this on social, the act of us helping them get through labor. And I helped, you know, my wife, I don't know if you were able to as well at the hospital contractions, you know, rubbing her back, being there for her talking, you know, to her and calming her down. And, you know, that again is just like, we can't have a baby without our wives. They can't really give birth without us. So I think, by the way, they're not even close in terms of <laughs> the work. But yeah. I, I, it, I, I think yin and yang, it's, it's important during that process, but also, you know, when the baby gets home. So like if my wife, she never, never tells me that she needs to break because she wants to be with her daughter as much as she can, which I get. So occasionally I have to kind of get really good at reading her, which I have over the years. And I look at her and I go, you need a break? And she's like, no, it's fine. No, I don't, I don't want, I go, babe, I got it. Go relax. It's okay. Let me make you a tea. Chill out. I got you. So I think they're, the wives need that. Just like we need them to give birth, they need us to be with them for the next, you know, infinity years. And that's the key to a, a good marriage. And I think this also doesn't get talked about a lot, but guys, there is a lot of physical and mental stress that we endure, you know, these next 18 years or whatever when you do have this child in your life, because the wives, I think there is maybe resentment and I can't speak for every woman, but maybe there's a little resentment. Like I gave birth to this kid, do what I say. There's that. But then there's also like the guy that's like, I work a shit ton of hours. You know, I work hard for the money. Don't spend my money at target. So there's also that, right? So there's, there's this constant struggle and battle. And if you could figure out, not to push each other's buttons, to find that median of like looking at each other when you're about to pop, identifying it, being honest and saying, Hey, relax. Let's take a breather. Let's, let's separate rooms, do what we got to do to, to come back to earth. I think that's how you can kind of control 
the relationship so it doesn't spiral out of control because that's, I think, a big reason why people get divorced is resentment. Whether you have kids or not, it's just that resentment. When you're telling one person they can't do something or when it gets too hard for one person and they don't communicate it, that's where the issues come into play. So we, we've been really working on that these last few weeks. And I, I don't want to say we've mastered it because I don't think we ever will, but we're going to constantly work at that. And I think, you know, that's a good step. Totally. Yeah, I agree. That communication, I think it was like a month in or something, or maybe it was a couple of weeks. I don't remember exactly when, but I remember at some point I was like, it felt, it felt like, uh, cause my wife and I just care so much and it felt like, um, like taboo to like say anything bad, you know, because we have this uh-huh. beautiful daughter that we're so over the moon with. And it felt like, Oh, you know, we don't want to say anything bad because but at a certain point I was just like, like this sucks. Like something about, I forget what it was, yeah. but like something I was just like, I just got to call it out. And I was like, and I'm not saying obviously she sucks separating the two. She's right. absolutely incredible. We're like, Oh, perfect. Yeah. And, uh, but just like also just communicating, like it sucks not sleeping. It sucks this and that. And doesn't mean like it's the partner's fault. Doesn't mean uh, it's anyone's fault, really. Just the situation just sucks. And acknowledging that it sucks started to make it suck less because then it wasn't like we were trying to like hold this thing of like, no, we should be this or we should we should just acknowledge the truth. And the truth is this freaking sucks right now. Um, You know, and it doesn't suck all the time, every day, every second or anything. It was just like there were certain parts and that freedom to not have to like get things you know just to be able to fully express like uh when something sucks without like you know just just being in misery and being like oh you know it does suck how's this happen? <laughs> but like you know just yeah. not being so attached to it um definitely helped so and you work from home so uh we're like so similar in that way too how and i just want to recognize too because i'm also like talking back in a way, thinking of like myself just earlier this year, um, when, if I ask you something, it doesn't, you know, especially doesn't mean that it can't change or look different or things like that. It's kind of more just like how you're thinking about it now, because, um, I know for myself, like usually like if someone was to ask me something, I have a pretty good idea around like how I'm seeing things and what they'll look like and all those things. There has to be just an acknowledgement of like, if things are constantly changing and evolving and you're finding, figuring out like new ways and how you want to do things and what works best for you. And so like, I just ask, I say that because as I like talk with you, it's not like, you know, it's, there's, it's an evolving process, not like, you know, in the same, it is for me. Like I, I, if someone was asking me, you know, on one hand, I want to like say like, this is what I'm doing and this is how it works and great and whatnot. But like the reality is it's like, it's going to change. Like it, whether it's next week, later today, in a month or whatever, it might look totally different. Um, so how are you kind of dealing with um, the work from home situation? Cause I know for me, it was like, I'm like, this is, this is taking another level of focus. I've never had to extract before. Yeah, I definitely, uh, I didn't think it was going to be as hard as what it is. You know, I thought, uh, cause I've always worked a corporate job for, I don't know, up until maybe like four years ago. And then I started working for myself, but um, I've always worked for a corporate job and, and in hindsight, I think it might be more of a challenge working at a corporate job. However, there's this also level of difficulty that's added onto the cake that you don't think about when you work for yourself and have a child is the fact that when you work for a corporate job and leave nine to five, you're not dealing with anything except the work. <laughs> 
So when you're working from home, you're trying to do calls or podcasts or emails, or for in, in our case, we're creating content. So my, my studio is pretty much soundproof, but that baby cry, man, that goes through fucking zip codes. Okay. Yeah, it is yeah. madness. So there's sometimes where I have to pause and not create content until she takes a nap and the nap is not that long. So there's that like level of added difficulty that I didn't expect as well as like the sleep deprivation, which we've talked about, which is, has been a big factor. And I feel like you wouldn't necessarily have that at a corporate job if you just walked in and, you know, clocked in and clocked out, not saying that corporate jobs aren't hard. I'm just saying there's, there's some stability there. Like I'm sure a lot of people could relate with this. Most of my friends actually, probably 80% of my friends can relate to where <laughs> you clock in and clock out. You're probably hung over. You're probably going on a couple hours of sleep. You don't give a shit about your job and you still get paid the same amount no matter what. And unless your boss is micromanaging you, you can probably get away with making your 50, 60, 70,000 out of your job. When you work for yourself and you have these hurdles that we're talking about with having a newborn and working from home, literally your money that day or that week dictates what you do. So there's this level of pressure added, but there's also this level of like, I want to take care of my wife, make sure she could sleep. And, and there's also a level of pressure of like, I want to spend time with my daughter because she's grown up so quick already and it's only been a month. So there's these different layers that I didn't think about. I thought it was going to be like, ah, I'm just going to create content and she'll be on my fucking arm and it'll be fine. And she'll be my co-host on my podcast. No, it's, it's become more and more difficult as the days go on because I'm realizing that instead of making 90 grand this year, I think I need to make 70 and be able to spend more time with my daughter. So that's kind of like where my head's at now, where I need to change my mindset of like getting rid of this hustle mentality that I've had for years. And you still want to have that, of course, especially working for yourself. But then there's also this thing where these, these moments are so crucial. And like my father worked his ass off and worked three jobs when I was a kid. And then, you know, he ended up as I was getting old, like in my five and six years old, he was able to hang out with me more at home and stuff. Cause I have like really cool videos of like him videotaping me, babysitting me and stuff, not babysitting, but you know, he's with, he's with me the few yeah. moments that he doesn't work these three jobs. And that is so crucial, but talking to him and realizing that he did work so much. And I also know that if I just be a little more frugal, live below my means a little bit more, don't want the coolest shit all the time. I'd rather spend more time with her and then just kind of cut back my standards a little bit. And then when she's maybe old enough and we figure out a good plan, maybe I kind of, you know, put it in sixth gear a little bit and go hard. But for now, I need to relax and I need to take a pay cut. And I just need to know that everything's going to be okay. As long as I keep working, I can't put that stress on myself because you put that stress on yourself and it oozes to the wife. It oozes to the kid and it affects a lot more than just money at that point. So yeah, this is where Things we like as business owners and men got to be a little bit more responsible, I think. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. And it seems like um, a couple things come to mind. Like one, it's hard to to plan for. Like for myself, I'm like, I don't understand why I would need to take a lot of time off work because right. what is three months off going to do for me if I work from home and I can make my own schedule? You know, right. <laughs> like I didn't right. understand that. And then at the same time, I'm like, I don't even know what I would do with the time because I can't even rest when she's sleeping because I'm like, do I need to do something? Do I need to sleep? Do I need to work out? Do I need to like 
do sure. fix something. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I would just need to like sit and meditate or something, but right. just trying to figure out like a sense of self. I did hear a quote that I think about often from uh, a, I think it was like a psychologist or something. I've heard it a couple different places, but basically it was like, uh, if you mess up the first, I forget if it's three or five, I'll just say five. But if you mess up like the first five years, then you'll spend like the rest of the years trying to fix them. And Ooh. I think that's super true. And I yeah. think it's like, okay, if I, not that I'm going to relax after five, because I think it'll be such a habit anyways that I'm present and all that. But like, I really want to put an emphasis on the first five years of being so present and, and like doing the things you said, where it's like prioritizing um, presence over trying to like, you know, make money for presence. Um and because it's like, there's no, yeah. you know, there's no, to there's so many toys and like all this stuff is just, there's so much stuff regardless. And, you know, oh, yeah. the last thing, you know, that's, that's never going to replace, um, you know, just the, yeah. the, the memories and, and catching these little things that you don't get, especially for us, we're planning on just one. So it's just like, yeah. this is, yeah, it's like, let's dive in. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you also get a, um. I don't know. Have you ever been to like a, we have a lot of them in Florida, but have you ever been to like a landfill, like a dump? Mm -hmm. So if people haven't, you should check it out because we have one just a few miles away and there's one side that's a, a hill because, you know, that's what they do. They cover with soil and irrigation and then they make it into like the stinky hill. Uh, especially in Florida, they're everywhere. But when you see a landfill in person with all the shit, that's in a landfill. Um, depending on your perspective on life, which I, I made this you know realization years ago, but it's it's very fitting to what we're talking about because you realize that when you look in your attic or you look in a landfill or you look at everything that we throw away in time, you know, just like talk about our business in particular, a content perspective. So I have a bunch of pod mics from Rode. The mics that I had before, Audio Technicas and you know, some of the older mics that I had, um, I either sold those or I threw them away because I couldn't, couldn't get sold. So at, but at the time I needed it, but you don't <laughs> because every, <laughs> everything, I forget who it is. I think it was Jerry Seinfeld that said, um, everything ends up in the garbage. Everything ends up in the garbage. Like yeah. that is not a, that's not a blanket say everything ends up in the garbage because when you buy something today, this black shirt that I'm wearing, this V-neck, eventually it's going to end up in garbage. It might change locations a few times. So it might like be in my dresser drawer because I wear it all the time. And then it moves to my closet and then it moves to the back of the closet in a tote and the tote goes to the garage and then the garage, it goes in the attic. And then after five years, I throw it away in the trash. But at the time, this shirt was like, I needed this. I needed to spend $10, $12. But when you realize that everything ends up in the garbage one day, whether it's a year from now or 10 years from now, you start thinking, is this purchase really important? Does it matter that much? And the answer is no. The answer is always no. It doesn't matter that much. You might need it at the time, sure. And unless it's food, you really don't have to buy something. But we kind of get stuck in this mode of like, we need it, we need it, we need it. And we want to fill our lives with new and exciting things. Some people fill those voids with materialistic stuff. Some people fill with kids, <laughs> uh, which isn't always the answer. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, it's like when you start realizing that, 
And then you start looking at your bank account and correlating the numbers and like, wait a minute. So if I just stop buying this shit, then I can have all this money and I won't be so stressed out. Now I could spend more time with my family. And when, <laughs> right, when we, when we realized that we wanted to start having uh, a child, which we've been trying for years, uh, people could listen to my podcast if they want to hear their boring story, but we went through like IVF and IUIs and it took about almost two and a half years to get to where we're at. A lot of money. I mean, we're talking a lot of money. And I realized that we had to do this. So I had to start saving and being frugal. And that's when I started kind of identifying these, these factors and these bad trends that we were getting involved in. So then once we cut back and realized that now I'm kind of in this mode of like, I've been doing it for so long because we wanted to have this kid where I'm like, I just, I like doing it now. I don't, I don't like to splurge anymore because it's just less stress because when you want the new iPhone and you want the new this and the new that it's like you work to buy those things. And that's crazy. Now I'm like working because I want to take my daughter to like Italy when she's two, you know, and people are like, she's not going to enjoy it when she's two. Yeah, you're right. But I am. Yeah. I'm going to enjoy it. My wife's going to yeah. enjoy it. The only reason we want to bring her is because she's part of our life now. You know, it's not, yeah. we're not doing it for her. You know what I mean? Like we'll go, to yeah. Disney. we'll go to Disney or the aquarium when she's able to understand images. But now yeah. it's like, you know, we, we want to save up and do those things. So it's like, do you want to do those trips and do you want to experience life or do you just want to buy, you know, new things all the time? So, yeah. Like what is, she, what do you, yeah. What are you supposed to do? Like, Oh, she won't remember. It's like, okay, but, so like, what? what are you supposed to do in the meantime by that line of thinking? Are we just going to just sit and watch TV? Yeah. Um, you know, like what, we're going to pause everything until she gets to a certain age. Mm -hmm. I recently moved and, and I'm right. I think I'm on the path of like Route 66, um, which, you know, expands so far and it's yeah. been like decommissioned for so many years. But I have been like kind of exploring it a little bit and just probably an age thing a kid thing, just a life thing, <laughs> state of America at this point, but I've been like really into like consumerism and just kind of like how things are and where things were because yeah. Americans especially have such a fixation on like the past mm. and route 66 in particular, like I drove down it a couple weeks ago, just like, I'm going to go as far as I can go. And in the time I had, and just so depressing seeing like all these buildings that just are just basically kind of rotting because it's not, you know, parts of 66. It's just like a snapshot into how things were and sure. looking at like what the American dream that, you know, that was kind of like not promised, but they were trying to build things up as and then where things are now, you know, there's such an emphasis on like flashy and and mm -hmm. buy this thing and, you know, have this thing. And and the reality is like now, like life is just as just a sense of normalcy, like even just the white picket fence of just just that sense of balance is people would be so excited about that. <laughs> like, let so alone, funny. you know, like, yeah. so just yeah. to go like on a trip and all these little things, like finding the gratitude and just the little things versus like, sure. you know, um, some yeah. huge thing. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, and you know, the American dream, you say that cause I, I even, um, I was shooting the shit with my buddy who's, who's from Italy, but he lives in America now. He was on my podcast a few episodes ago. And, um, he was talking a lot about the American dream. And he's, remember, he's from Italy. He just moved here like five years ago. And I go, I get what you're saying, but would it be an American dream if people didn't talk about it? You know, like, you mm -hmm. so, so think about it. So 
we're told it's the American dream. Why? Yeah. 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 They, like, where they, does that come from? Yeah. Cause they told us it was the American dream. No, no. Mm -hmm. That was a way for us Americans to bring people over so that they could pay taxes and so they could work for us and that we can grow and be the best country in the world. The American dream is whatever you want it to be. You know, the, the, the American dream that we think it is, if you ask people that are in their 70s now, if they accomplish their American dream, the answer is probably going to be no. Because at the time, it was one thing and now it's another. You know, like my buddy, totally. who, my buddy who is from Italy, now he's a TikTok star. Like he's got a half a million followers. He's making money off TikTok. He's making like four grand a month off TikTok. It's six figures. He's making off TikTok. He lives in America. He couldn't do that in Italy. So his job to open up like a brick and mortar VHS shop and, you know, get 30 grand a year and buy a house, white picket fence and all that. That's not the American dream anymore. So it makes you think, what is the American dream? Because it's not that anymore. So what, the American dream changes constantly? But America didn't like relocate. What do you mean? Well, it's whatever we decided to be as Americans. So that totally. to me is the fascinating part. Like if your American dream is you become a content creator, you open up maybe your own business, you make a lot of money, you save money, and then you move to Europe. That's not a bad American dream because you wouldn't be able to do that in, you know, New Guinea. Right. So there, there's totally. certain levels. You just got to figure out what you want to do. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. America gives us a lot of opportunity, but it's just so funny how we, we always put this idea of what the American dream is. But nowadays, I don't know if America is the best place to be because you could yeah. do a lot of the stuff like what you and I do. I can't speak for your mm -hmm. business as a whole, but I know you're doing well, but I think you could do that in Australia or hundred percent. Oh, right. Like, yeah. And if I was single, I probably would be all over the world too. I'd be like, same. Where is he now? I don't even know where I am. I'm just somewhere, you know, <laughs> what, what, what I look, and I don't want this to be like, you know, um, the next five minutes me bashing America, but it's funny because I talk a lot about it on my show where you could do whatever we do now somewhere else, but I think you'll have more money because shit's not as expensive. Like totally. For example, you would make more money working for yourself in Florida than you would in California. Why? Totally. Right? Taxes, like price of living, like it's just it's no brainer. So yeah. it's not far fetched to think that if you go to over to Italy and open up a business online or an e commerce, you'll have more money and maybe a better quality of life too, right? Because the views, the people, the food. I mean, Italy was just, I think, the first country that just banned artificial ingredients and in all their food. Like you can't have any no company can have food that has synthetic ingredients. It's, a, it's banned wow. in Italy. It's the first country I ever to do it. So that just goes to show you like, okay, so now I'm spending less money on food. I know it's better for me. I might live longer. So I don't know. Do I want to open up a brick and mortar in New York City anymore? No. So it's like, yeah. what is the American dream? I don't know. It's it's, it's yeah. thing to think about. Oh, yeah. I love this too. And I, it's something I think a lot about it. Because oh, I think it's, you know, so much is tied to identity, personal identity, mm. but personal identity was such a thing. Uh, and I've been like, Vance Packard uh, has wrote a few really good books in the 50s on this idea of like the consumerism and basically like, how did this all start? Um, basically, like, you know, like a lot of it's just to sell more stuff after World War II, right. you know, because personal identity wasn't people didn't have extra money to be spending on personal identity. Like 
it was function and yeah, it was class and all these things, but really it was like, you know, this, it served some type of purpose or in some way of thinking, not like right. I need to, to express my individuality because we're like, we're trying to like churn butter and like <laughs> figure out a light bulb, you know? Yeah. Uh, so after World War II, people had more, you know, expendable income. And that's when like you started seeing, because, you know, also think about cars. This is something I've been thinking about a lot lately oh, yeah. uh, and reading a lot about is cars were you didn't refer to like the car model as much. Yeah, they had the Model T, but like if you look back at like cars, especially in the 30s, it was like this is a 39 Ford. Right. Like Ford what? This is a 39 Ford. And then after World War II, uh, really in the 50s is when it started to like pop up in designs and it was like Cadillacs with the fins. And every year they needed to make more money. So what did they do? They introduced new colors and new designs. And the new designs and colors were really only there to make the old ones look outdated. So people wanted the new ones. That's right. But that is, you know, just a trap. And that kind of became yeah. part of the American dream, you know? Marketing one-on-one. Yeah. Have a message yeah. and get it out to as many people as you can. And that's that's what drives capitalism is, you yeah. know, the Jones effect is getting yeah. giving, giving you something that, you know, you can't have, but you're going to work your ass off to do it. And that's, <laughs> that's the difference yeah. between our country and others to where... You know, I keep bringing up Italy only because it's fresh in my mind. But yeah, when my buddy was over here, like he uh, he flew over to, back home to see his family in Italy. And the whole time he was there, he's like rebuilding fiats and he's like just messing around in the country. And, you know, he's hanging out with his grandmother, picking vegetables and stuff. And people kept messaging him like, hey, do you miss it? And he's like, I love America, but there's just something specialness of like disconnecting and you know, being in the land and using your hands to build things and create things. And, you know, that's something that we, we maybe had instinctually, but somewhere along the lines, maybe it was after World War II, you know, but there's something that happened to us where we would rather sit at home and be consumed with things coming to us versus us going out and experience life. And I think we forgot what life is all about a little bit. And then when we're talking about this, people are like, well, you know, but TikTok's so fun and uh, the new iPhone is so great. And, you know, I, I love this new restaurant. And listen, if that's how you want to consume, that's how you want to use your life, that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. But don't be, don't get a twist. That's not what life's about. And I think when we full circle going back to having a kid, it kind of all changed because I looked at my screen time <laughs> on my phone <laughs> these yeah. first few weeks. Dude, I'm barely on my phone. Like, I'll yeah. just for business, I post and ghost. You know, I just post yeah. it and I don't even look. But yeah. I'm just every moment I'm staring at my daughter's eyes and I don't think about comments. I don't think about yeah. the Kardashians. Nothing is going through my brain except her. And yeah. I don't want to say having kids is what life's about, but I think finding a purpose that makes someone live, someone else's lives better could be the purpose of life. Like if you just have a spouse and you spend the rest of your lives making each other happy, I think that's beautiful. You don't need a kid. Um, if you have a kid, I think if you devote your your all to that child and making them the best human they can be and, you know, give them a, a better world than what you grew up on, I think that's beautiful. But there is a there is something involved there with the purpose of life of like giving yourself to something else. And totally. I think if you can get away with that answer needs to be a device or a materialistic thing. That's not your purpose. You got to get out of that. You got to get out. Of, like you said, Route 66, go travel, go, 
go do something on your own. Like if I was single man and I had the perspective I have now, like you said, whew, I'd be doing some things. I definitely want to be married with a kid right now because I probably would have left in my twenties and I don't know if I would have been back. Because they're so <laughs> yeah. like when you when you leave, man, you leave your like your home base and you realize like, you know, you go in a place with no Wi-Fi and shit. Things yeah. change, man. Like I was up in North Carolina for my bachelor party and whew, it was just it was cool to get disconnected and you're hit, sitting in the hot tub and you're looking at like the forest and you hear nothing but birds and there might be a bear in there that you heard. Like it's just <laughs> it's cool. It's wild, man. And you start thinking to yourself, man, all that stuff on the device is not that important, but Somewhere along the yeah. line, we just, you know, I think we spend so much time on it, we lose track of it. And it's hard because it is fun on those devices, but you got to break away every now and again. Yeah. Yeah. And we all like, are like, our phones are listening to us. And the reality is it's like the algorithms know us better than we know ourselves, you know? Like yeah. we haven't caught up, you know, people like, it's like, we're like, oh, we're so great. It's like, you're great uh, at knowing yourself when you're off your phone, but to be on your phone Right. And to say that, you know, yourself better, like, I don't trust that statement about myself, you know, like, I don't trust that this algorithm can't predict what my future right. <laughs> ideas will be <laughs> better than what I can only because yeah. of the complex systems it's running. Um, and so it's like that break is everything and that disconnect. And like, you know, and I think for, for us, it's like, oh, it's nice to have that reminder and that that perspective shift, because, you know, it sometimes takes like a big thing to come along and not everyone has to have a kid, of course, to, to have that, but whatever it is, it's like those things shift in a way that like, uh, well, I'm just going to, you know, journal and that doesn't, that might help, but like, it's right. not going to do the thing is like some major event, you know, whether it's the death of somebody, unfortunately, or mm -hmm. some health thing, you know, like there's all these things that happen. Um, but I know we're like a little bit over time too. And, uh, so I'm respectful of that, yep, uh, but <laughs> I actually wanted to talk to you about, um, more UGC stuff, um, which we'll have to save for another episode in the future, because, uh, it was like, there was what I wanted to talk about, but also leaving room for what we were going to talk about. So we'll try again. We'll have to try again, um, <laughs> to get around to that UGC stuff. Cause you're experiencing that and I'm not, and I would love to, to, to hear your thoughts on it and, and share those with, uh, the audience. Um, yeah, thank you, sure. Tony. Where can people find you? Um, yeah. Where do, where do you want people to connect with you at? Yeah. So, I mean, you could find me anywhere, uh, at the Barardo, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, all that jazz or X, whatever. Um, and then you have my podcast, the Barardo podcast, uh, where we talk about health, wellness, and social interaction. And, uh, my wife and I own a company called meet cute box, which we just launched a couple new products. So, uh, check that out. But yeah, everything's on at the Barardo. But thank you for having me on, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you. Oh, hey there. First of all, thanks for making it to the end of this video. Not a lot of people do, according to the YouTube analytics. But I, I do want to say thanks for listening to this. There's some more episodes if you want to check those out. And they're all just as good. But if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Check out those timestamps below to reference uh, some of the topics I talked about, as well as some discount links to some of our sponsors and affiliates. But uh, thanks for listening to this episode, and uh, we'll see you next time.